evening, everyone. Good evening, Joe. How are how are you doing tonight? Has it been just as crazy as last week? What was last week? Oh, it's busier this week. <laughs> it is. Yeah, and Sam's annoyed by it too because he's got he had a practice Monday, a game Tuesday, practice Wednesday, and practice tonight. Um, so it's just go go go, and he's, that's he's, not going to change. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's a good transition, but um, yeah, he's he's pooped out, and that's okay. I mean, it's good to be tired. Boys particularly need to be tired, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of us get in trouble when we have free time. Yes, that's it. Well, generally it's true, but yeah, but yeah you know, uh, when it's season for Jack, which is most of the year, it's something six out of the seven days, at least five, minimum five, usually six. Yeah. Well, and he's That's high school, what it is. so he's got homework, and so he's got... Oh, and then there's that on top of all that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's, but, you know, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's a lot of fun. Builds character. Oh. So how's how's everything else? We're enjoying life here. Jesse's taking time off. I don't know when this podcast will get posted. Probably not till after the first, but that's okay. Well, it's it's live now, so that's true. So they can watch it on Facebook, but I don't know who watches it on on the podcast. Jesse would know. She knows all things. Yeah. No, we're pretty <laughs> blessed in that regard. You know, there's I have to say there is something wonderful about being willfully ignorant. <laughs> and, and I mean, you know, there's, there's, a, there's some wisdom that can occur with willful ignorance, as in, you know what, it's probably just as well that I don't know, you know, especially, you know, when you're busy. <laughs> if you, yeah. If you show any indication of understanding. Um, yeah. You know, one of my favorite quotes is... Uh, um, in the in the valley of the blind, a one-eyed man is king. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> or queen. There's, you know, there, there really is. I mean, without you digging deep, but I, you know, sometimes there's a lot of blessing into being a little ignorant. Yeah, I think there's. A, I think Solomon said something like that. With more knowledge comes more grief, or something like that. Yeah. That sounds about right. Would that be in uh, Ecclesiastes? Yeah. Yeah. He, he said something along those lines. So, but anyways, we should probably get into the, the, the topic. If there's where I talked about just that your Bible didn't fall out of the sky. I talked about just, it was not so much a sermon as it was just a teaching and just explain, explaining a little bit of some basic stuff about how you your Bible came to be. And there's a lot I talked about. I talked about the Old Testament and the way it was divided up and a little bit where it came from. I talked about the New Testament. I talked about the, how you got from what Paul, for example, wrote to what you got, your your actual physical Bible, which I have one here somewhere. You know, your actual Bible. How did you get that? And the, the translations and just, it was a fire hose, I feel like. But... Well, it's a it's foundational, uh, you know. It's it's almost like, you know, 
um, when you first show up to a class in college, one of the first things they do is explain, this is what the class is. You know, mm. this is what we're going to be covering. This is how we're going to cover it. And it provides, you know, an important, some important context and um, perspective on how things are going to move forward. In not not dissimilar to when you explain this is apocalyptic writing or these are songs or this is historical writing this is mm-hmm. you know prophetical writing that you, you are entering into a genre and you have certain expectations when you enter that if you try to enter into the Bible assuming that everything is written in the same genre then you're going to be making some really some incorrect assumptions about what you're reading. So yeah. I think understanding how it was put together and what the different books are, why the different books are there. And I think there's probably a lot of people who don't understand that what we call the Old Testament is what those of the Jewish faith call the Bible. You know, I mean... Uh, right. It? That's their Bible. That's it. Yeah. yeah. The Torah, is that right? Uh, the Tanakh. Tanakh the Torah saying. is the first five books. Right. Which lit we we often translate that the law, but it's actually the Torah means teaching, but the teaching of Moses. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, and I, you know, it's that whole, and I can't remember the phrase. But there's an actual term for it where the more you learn about a subject, the more you realize you don't know what you know. And, and mm-hmm. your estimation goes down. But if you don't know a lot about a subject, people can be really think they're experts at it. You know, so the person who knows almost just a little bit thinks they know a whole lot more than they do. And what I'm trying to get at is there's a whole lot of people out there who think they know about the Bible and they really don't. And they talk so authoritatively. And it's just like, you you don't have a clue what you're talking about. You really don't. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's like but you 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 spout this stuff off and I hear it in the news and I hear it in sto- in in commentary it not in in just uh, uh, um articles and it's like videos I'm like but you really don't know what you're talking about and yet people do. And then the other side of that is the the uh there's so much that I assume people know, even mm. in my own congregation, that I, I think I need to not always assume that because it's well, just so familiar to me. And it's not critical. You just weren't told. It's well, there's like, um, there, there's a I, I don't, don't think there's a specific name for it, but uh, especially in education, uh, uh, upper education, really specifically, that teachers will make the assumption that their students know more than they do and students would like the teacher to believe that they know more than they do <laughs> and so there's there's a, a big gap in there where each side is making one one is trying to appear better and the other is assuming better and there's a gap that's left there um you know i don't want to appear uneducated and therefore I'm going to when somebody starts talking about something I don't know rather than feel foolish or ignorant right. or whatever you go oh yeah right you know okay yeah 
right? And then you want to think, oh, yeah, I don't want to talk down. I don't want to condescend. So I'll assume that you understand that. And uh, that it's interesting. Once I became aware of that, I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to preface some things with people say, hey, I, I don't want to condescend to you, but I'm going to cover some stuff that may seem simple. I just want to make sure that we have an opportunity to chat about it. And that's, yeah. I think, a lot of what this Sunday was is you may already know this and we're going to go over this just in case, you know, mm-hmm. there's a gap here that, you know, you weren't aware of something. Right. And and this is the first part in a lot in, in seven that I'm, I'm not going to do them in a row because I think that would be tedious of just these kinds of things like just some basic stuff that you need to make sure you know about the Bible so that when somebody says something stupid, you go, no, I, I, I know that's not true. Um, but, you know, and I, I don't think we have anybody asking questions, but I really wish they would. This is one that it'd be a good one for people to ask questions about what did they know? What didn't they know? You know, it, it's I'm looking down on my note. Nope. No comments mm-hmm. yet. <laughs> well, it uh, th- there might be an opportunity to invite people to submit questions anonymously Oh, that's to say, idea. you know, here's something I've always wondered. Um, you know, one of my favorite uh, sermon series of the past 10 years that wasn't yours um, <laughs> was a, a, a series called Q&A where uh, um, the Highlands Church in Alabama is a pretty big, big church. And they do a Q&A series every couple of years. Members of the congregation submit questions. They gather them up and kind of group them and just kind of walk through. Here's answers. You know, either the Bible is authoritative on this. Um, it um, strongly suggests. It kind of hints at it or it doesn't address it. And it it's interesting. Um, and it is. I think there are assumptions that we make. I mean not just, you know, re- regarding our faith, but just in life, that occasionally somebody comes along and goes, oh, no, no, that's not true. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you go, wait, what? And, right. Um, well, it takes some humility to go, oh, I, I thought that was true. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, with, like, lacrosse, I'm coaching kids, and every once in a while somebody will go, can you do that? And I'll go, Rather than say, I don't know, I might go, no, you can't do that. And I'll say it with even more authority so as to avoid questioning. And then I go home and I look it up and go, nope, that was wrong. Um, I got called by, called out by a kid on Monday. Like, you said we couldn't do that like two months ago. And I went, I did? And they're like, yeah. I went, okay, I'm wrong. Sorry about that, guys. We were playing dodgeball. Well, that's good, too. And there, there is a time and place not necessarily in my position, but to, to, to authoritatively make a, no, this is what it is, <laughs> you know, like as a coach, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you, but the humility to come back and go, no, I don't really don't know. And I guess that's a good stance to make in general with, with Bible stuff. If somebody says something to you and you either, you're not sure of the answer to just go, I don't know, but I'll come back and get you the answer because yeah. 
there are answers to all, virtually every single question you and they've all been asked right so if you don't have an answer or you don't feel like you have a good answer just say let me get back to you because mm-hmm. somebody will have an answer that that i would love to do a a series on um questions and answers like that but and, and, and but here's my feeling is i don't know that i would get enough questions from our congregation so maybe i need to take their questions and come up with our answers that might work yeah i could just i could go back to the that uh the podcast from that church and take their questions and bring that's them what i'm saying yeah all right yeah you know hey. as long as it's not like 10 years ago it's like even if it's less than if it's less than five years it can't be that many di- that different Right. No, they were pretty, they, they weren't necessarily topical. I'll give you an example of one and n- not to, you know, head too close to the deep end or anything, but it was, what does the Bible say about suicide? That people ask, wonder about this. They don't yeah. ask that question, but they do think about that issue. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a, that Robin Williams movie, um, What Dreams May Come. Right was a you know was exploring like that whole idea um of the afterlife for someone who's who's um taken their own life and um but that was one of those questions and i was really interested you you Mm -hmm. know and and oh well i mean not to spend i don't want to spend too much time on that but i'll tell you what his answer was to that um and um, at least what my recollection of his response was um, was the Bible does, doesn't, you know, there is the sin of murder that we have to consider. He also said that if, um, let's, he said, let's say I'm driving down the road and there is an attractive young woman off on the side of the road and I turn and I think a lustful thought and then I run into a, a pole and die. Does the last thing that I have done in my life, despite living what I believe is a Christian, you know, following Christ and stuff, does that dictate my afterlife or does right. a decision made in, um, you know, in, in trying times when we're not necessarily thinking clearly, you know, so it was just, there was a lot of grace uh-huh. in his response to that. Cause I think the Bible wasn't, uh, authoritative other than thou shalt not murder, but I don't know. Not to take us off on the side no, trail, but, but but yeah, it's it doesn't deal with it directly. It deals with it indirectly in those two pieces that you said. One, yes, it's murder. Okay, which is why, <clears throat> like the Catholics would say that if you've committed suicide, you're damned because you you can't ask for forgiveness for it. Right. But, we as Protestants would say, but wait a minute, and this is where his your issue with your illustration with the with the the lustful thought is that the issue is is are you trying to live for Jesus? And when you have a chance and an opportunity to repent of sins, do you do so? You know, is is that the issue? You don't need to confess every last sin before you die, otherwise you're damned. N- no, no, no one would make it. <laughs> And the lustful right. is an example. It, it it doesn't make sense to say that you have to ask for forgiveness for every single sin. What it, besides how many sins have we do we do that we don't know? Yeah, that we're not aware of that right. we need to repent. You know, 
I don't have Thousands. a cataloging of them because if I kept right. one, right. then that would make that'd be really wrong, right? <laughs> so, so that the position that you have to confess that sin, otherwise you're you're not going to be forgiven of it. No, you, you just can't have that position. It makes it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's it goes against the mercy and grace of God. It doesn't fit with justification, yeah, right? Is it still a good thing for for? Is it okay to to to, to commit suicide? Well, no, but. Yeah. So anyways, this is an interesting conversation that we could have. What does it say about politics? What does it say about home, uh, abortion or, or, or homosexuality or, you know, Muslim faith? I mean, good night. Yeah. I didn't but mean we to would take need these beforehand yeah, so we yeah. can write out the, the answers carefully. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Well, that yeah, one was an easy one. <laughs> conjecture can get you into trouble. And that's, that's why we say things like, I don't have a, an immediate answer for that. And rather than say something that I might regret, let me take that away yeah. and, um, and, and do, do some thoughtful consideration of that. Um, so I'm, you know, coming back to the idea of like, what's your Bible, you know, what's that based on, you know, where, where, where does that come from? Um, one of the things that, really was planted in my mind or reminded me, and I, and I mentioned it on Sunday, is that, you know, part of what you were talking about is the confidence that we can have in, mm -hmm. in the Bible and that, that your faith is based on something real. And, you know, there's the, the irony that science sometimes is based on conjecture mm -hmm. and yet there's so much proof for our faith that that's often dismissed by people who aren't of the faith that um that god presents himself in so many remarkable ways in our lives that we may be aware of in that moment and then 10 years later you have forgotten that if your faith is wavering or you're you're feeling uncertainty and then if you just go back to that point you go oh, of course of course because right. that and that that uh when we moved here from Seattle back in 2003, uh, Vanessa didn't have a job. We just came down hoping that she'd get, we'd be able to, she'd be able to get a job. Otherwise it wasn't going to work out. Right. And literally like the day before we were, we moved, she was offered a job huh. and it was just, okay. You know, and it just, yeah. it, it, he, per, and there's so many times like that where he's provided for our family. And when it, feels like where is he in this that you can reflect and go aha of course there's we other forget. times when you don't see it in the moment you see it five years later and you go of course god was moving in that right and your faith is affirmed through that and i think that was kind of my pastoral application of a lot of this and because it, it was it reminded me personally of it is just the perspective that that our faith first of all is founded on on what the apostles in, said and affirmed about the Old Testament, about what Jesus agreed with. It's all about, it's founded on that, but it's also founded on really, I, I don't know the number, but at least thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people for thousands of years who have witnessed to, and, and strove with a lot of work and effort to 
to secure for you what God has, has said, whether we're talking about the copyists just, you know, around the world today that are making sure you get an accurate translation to all those monks in the Middle Ages who wrote those things down, to the people who preserved the copies, you know, all of the scribes in the in the Old Testament who who copied the the old te- the words of Moses over and over these this huge number of witnesses of people who were doing these what seemed like at the time as menial and probably not that important of a job maybe they thought it was important but i don't think they realized the 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 echoes the the the, the huge impact of that down through the years and that's who you know, we, we stand with them. You know, it's we're, we're, our faith isn't out of nowhere. So that just is encouraging to me. So one of the, you reminded me of something else, which is that uh, much of the Bible was written out of um, oral tradition. Um, that, I mean, some of those stories, uh, uh, follow me here. Um, yes. But, you know, before things were commonly written down, that that um, the society, the culture was based on the, uh, an oral tradition that was tested. Like, f- it's hard for us to engage with that because we're like, well, we know how... Um, the telephone game, right. How, how unreliable it is when... But that's but, not the case. We weren't built on an oral tradition. We're built no. on a visual and, and right. written tradition that and those are based you know memory based um and mm-hmm. uh, and can be unreliable but though in 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 those cultures they tested their right. that oral tradition tell me that story tell me that story and if you and got they had it to get wrong, it exactly right right there would be five men standing over. around right you know uh, and even if you look you know with within jewish communities um i'm not i don't know as much today but i know that um, young men were are required to memorize the Torah, mm-hmm. he, and that's literally memorize. And, and if you've ever read Leviticus, oh, can you imagine having to memorize that? Um, and they're tested, and it has to yes. be accurate. And we lose right. kind of we don't have a real perspective on that, and so it, and people will be dismissive that how could it possibly be accurate? If it's right. just passed down, verbally. right? And they, and they and they point to the telephone game, but there's a lot of flaws in that viewpoint. Yeah. One, you're whispering it from one person to the other, so they can. There's a problem with that. Yeah. How about they go into a room and they make one the next person who's going to repeat it tell them back to them a hundred times before they go to the next person. Yeah. Now let's play the game again. All right. And yeah. you're going to find it's exactly correct. <laughs> right because right. because they're working hard about doing that now now having said that and and yes there was a lot of oral tradition involved <clears throat> but there's also a lot of writing um right. some of it was some of it was oral yeah like a lot of the stuff that moses wrote down was there was probably either very little of it was written or a lot of but certainly a lot of it was oral the stuff with jesus yeah, that he didn't write it down, and his apostles took what a decade to write it down, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, 
or two. But again, that's an oral tradition. And that's still a relatively close period of time. And my dogs are going to bark, right? Yeah. So there, yeah, yes, they're right. There is some oral. And we do not understand that. We have bad memories. <laughs> Heck, yeah. I can barely remember people's phone numbers. But that's uh, not their case. with that anymore? Yeah. <laughs> that's not the case with them. And that's your point. They have much better memories. Yeah. Their, their brains were... I mean, they, they were practicing from a very young age, you know, yeah. Vanessa asked me the other day, do you remember when we had that get together for my company, um, you know, seven years ago and nobody showed up? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, <laughs> right? <laughs> but that's not an important fact. Um, no. And if something is important and we, and, um, and our, we were part of an oral tradition, then it's more concrete and right. reliable and much more reliable much more reliable yeah. than people realize so yes yeah yeah and so some yeah yeah some of it is oral tradition some of the some of the stuff is written down you know and what certainly they take oral tradition and they turn it into to, to write to, to writing but but it, we're not it's not copies of copies of copies of copies i mean in a sense yes but when you have a thousand copies of the same piece of information you can tell where any variances are so lots of copies yes but it all then the sheer number i saw one person get was was a little surprised on how few we have of like the iliad oh yeah compared to the right. bible yeah, yeah. And nobody debates the who you know the issue with the Iliad, but it's different. It's just completely different world. Yeah, so. yeah. It, it, it's well. It's. I remember I bought the uh, uh, an apologetics study Bible, you know, fifteen years ago or something like that. And I, when I did my Bible in one year, that's what I read from, and I read all of the apologetics that went along mm. with it. And, you know, the, it's just interesting how many of, um, when you have like an apologetic study Bible, how it, the one I have is a Holman Christian, it will say, so, mm -hmm. you know, see this passage here, this is how it's often taken out of context. And here's how this, like maybe Jehovah's Witnesses interpret it this way. Oh, interesting. Um, however, that's, you know, that's kind of, that's not factual, um, uh, I had a, a good friend who's Jehovah's Witness and said, you don't do blood transfusions because you're not supposed to consume blood and that they interpret it that way. And it's, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Yeah. Right. Um, it's so it's really, I think it's really useful to understand, um, and to, to put some time into understanding why, uh, or how things can be misinterpreted. Cause sometimes saying, yes. okay, like the, the, um, the uh, the Creedence Clearwater Revival song. There's a a bathroom on the right, as opposed. To there's a bad moon. Do you know that one? There's a bathroom on the right. There's there's a bad moon. What's the original? I always thought it was a bad moon rising. Is that what it is? Okay, now I have to look it up. Um, there's a bad <laughs> moon on the rise. Well, yeah, I always thought it was. Hang on, to Snoopy. Hang on, but it's oh yeah, not. same here. Right. Uh, it's not Snoopy. <laughs> and that just becomes part of it. There's a, a Who song, Nobody Knows What It's Like to Be the Bad Man, to Be the Sad Man Behind Blue Eyes, right? For a long time, my wife thought that was about Batman. 
to be the Batman. Oh, that's funny. yeah. I, I say that. I hope she's not listening. Because I still give her grief about that from time to time. One of the things I talked about briefly was, you know, because I'm, I'm watching our time, is is the is the order of the Old Testament for the Jews in the way Jesus wrote it, read it. And I would love to see the Christian, the modern Christian community revert back to that. There's a lot, and I, I, I don't even know if I hinted at it very much, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of, they were not put together randomly. They were put together for theological messaging reasons is right. the reason why. Okay, so so after everything was written and we have the books that we have, there was around three to 400 years somewhere before Jesus stepped on the stage. And during that period of time, it's not that they were doing nothing. They were thinking about and processing everything that had been written, and they put those books together in a particular order to communicate certain things and particularly where the seams of those three divisions are, which was the Torah, the prophets and the writings, there's certain connections that highlight or emphasize certain points. Yeah. That there's, go ahead. I, I've, I've read the Bible in four different orders. So mm-hmm. I've read it, you know, in kind of the traditional cr- Christian order from back to front. Yeah. Um, I've, I've read it um, in chronological order in the when it was written. Mm. And then chronicolo- chronological order in when it occurred. And then the, um, for the Old Testament in the, um, the, tradi- the, the Jewish traditional order. And it's really quite interesting when you, like, take it in... Chronicle, chronological chronological order from when things occurred because it starts with Job. I mean, I mean, you have Genesis, like the first, you know, the creation, and then it goes to Job, and then you, uh, when you get into um, like First and Second Chronicles and First and Second Kings and um, and the prophets, then you start jumping around um, between mm-hmm. those books because you'll go, okay, today I'm going to read these two chapters in Kings and these two chapters in Chronicles and this chapter from Isaiah and this chapter from Isaiah, uh, from Jeremiah. And you're like, oh, this is when you kind of get that line drawn through these things were happening at the same time. And that's helpful. I would it agree. Is, that yeah. would be really helpful just to give you a sense of the order, the history of the issue. Cause it is yeah. historical. Right. right. We're we're at time, but this is fun. <laughs> yeah. So next week is good. We're going to get we're going to get into to Ruth. We're going to do the first thing of Ruth and then when I come back we're going to do a second part on the Bible and then continue on in Ruth. So Awesome. Now, Book of Ruth is like a joy uh, in really so many is. ways. It's very life-affirming and um, encouraging. So, I'm grateful. It's a, a nice way to spend uh, a few weeks. Well, hope you guys. If you guys have any questions, let us know. Um, if there's if there's something, some way we can pray for you, let us know as well. Otherwise, um, we'll see you guys on Sunday. Hope you had a, have a good week. Have a great week, folks. Talk Bye. to you on Sunday. Bye. Sunday. Mm-hmm.